was if you had to go back 73 um, there was a group of us playing indoor football at Farrow Muffy's youth club and uh, we, we got really an interest and we wanted to go further and we were all around 17 at the time so we wanted to enter the youth team and uh, being part of the youth club we had to ask the youth club and they agreed and um, and on the 10th of June that, that decision was made and from there we entered the youth team um, Pat Coakley took over the reins as chairman and team manager and I became the secretary and treasurer and from there we just took off a, a group of lads we had nothing at the time we had no footballs <laughs> we had no pitch um, uh, we, our first set of gear was Manchester United um, third strip I went to Finn's Corner and Cork to purchase it and and we there was an attachment of blue in in, in uh, attached to Father Muffy's, so we kept the blue and we had the yellow, and we that's where we started off, and a lot has happened since then. What was the whole perception of soccer at the time? Because I mentioned Sunderland there, but of course, Cockhibs were flying leagues and cups, and did some wonderful time games as well with with Watford around that time. Was soccer really growing big time around Middleton? Was there a genuine interest in the game? I think for for me at that time, um, match of the day was was really special. Um, but I used to drive up to with my brothers up to Cork City, um, Flower Lodge actually, and uh, to watch match of the day. That was where you could go and see it. And um, so it was. I mean, it really wasn't out there, but it was beginning. I think at that stage, and and people were getting, um, I suppose, very interested in the idea of playing football. And hearing more about uh, what happens in England, and of course, everyone wanted to develop themselves as a footballer here, and, and they had dreams of being a great footballer. So uh, it was really early days because when you look at what's going today in terms of fitness and and technique and all that, and the quality of the coaching people that's involved in the game, there was none of that in our time. Um, we we all just had to look and see what can we do, how can we get ourselves fit. Um, and and Pa um, took on that lead had to come up with all ideas of how to get us fit <laughs> so um, it's all, yeah look it, it, it was different times when you look at what's today I mean it's an, it's unbelievable the change that's after happening in the game but back then it was very simple um, we tried to get a footballs we tried to get goals uh, we tried to get a sponsor to help us but mainly the sponsor was really ourselves contributing and collecting money and doing some charity events on the way and and basically just growing slowly as a club and a group of people together. That was all 50 years ago. Yesterday, of course, the 10th of June and Mick Kirby and Pat Hockley were sitting side by side that day and here they are again, 50 years and one day on. Pa, Mick obviously alluded to the fact of how you got the things on the road in terms of, of soccer-wise and that. How did you go about getting players together and getting drills and, and getting some kind of a system going? Well, the first team, Farrell Murphy's, basically they all nearly came from the U-Club first. Um, we have to thank the U-Club, really, and we have to remember, really, because the leagues were held twice a week and um, with about six matches a night. And after that... It, the lads were getting moving on, so we said to keep them together within the team. And from there on, we grew. Now, as Mick said about the match of the day, I think the match of the day started the flow of soccer on Middleton, really. Um, we packed, packed full crowds over in the hall for the lads. There was three sides only, like, and the game was about 20 minutes. Like, and there were tough games in the small hall, but still played to the lads that were very good. 
and we're proud of more like really and I, we have to remember Father Murphy he was a great help to us um, and we started Father Murphy's then and we drew great crowds everywhere we went we had attack and football um, my idea was if you were a defender you would beat the ball out of the fence and if you were forward you would shoot and the middle field to stop the play like but we had a great and we had great crowds and all like there were great days, like, but the soccer was really after growing all over Ireland, like. We've teams all over East Cork now, like, there's teams. And from that, we got bigger and bigger. So there were great days as far as his youth team, that's what we were known. Um, and then, obviously, you structured a little bit. Middleton FC came yeah, to being. Knock Griffin Park eventually yeah. evolved. And we had another, we had a, we had a junior team then. We added another junior team and we youths. And later on then all the schoolboy teams come into it. But it was really after growing. Um, we were very lucky with the people we had in the club. Like the managers, coaches, the committees. And Mick put a mouth and walk into it like really like. And when I stepped on the chairman, Mick was the ideal man to take over. Ideal. So, they were great days, really, like, but I can't get over how soccer is after coming on. Not alone in Middleton, but all over Ireland, really, like, especially Cork and East Cork, like, really. A special days, I suppose, Pat, as you started being successful and started winning silver era. Presume you remember some of the first ones that you won. Yeah. I know there was, there was a national title almost 40 years ago, schoolboys level, which was a huge, was huge... The Barry's Cup, that was fantastic altogether. But we won the Junior League as well. The Junior League Cup, we won it. Yeah, the yeah. Junior League Cup, yeah, yeah. That was our first Junior Trophy, like. So it really, they were great days, really, like. And they seemed to get better and better now. It's gone and it's gone on with all the success the schoolboy teams have. Mick, you filled every role in the club, of course. You're a very prominent player, chairperson involved at the outset of it as well. A huge development has passed that has taken place. Just focusing on your own facilities in particular, not Griffin Park. Now, it's a credit to everybody involved. Some huge work has gone into it. Yes, uh, uh, in 86, we, we, we opened um, not Griffin Park. And I suppose at the time, we, we had a loan. We had a lot of responsibility to, to fundraise and pay for that. And I suppose when you look back now, um, it was a structure we had and a plan we had that if we can manage the loan repayments and, and manage the club, uh, with the running and all of us have a bit on the side if it means that we could keep developing and developing and and this is what happened um, when we built an all-weather pitch it helped us fundraise more income to help the club further develop and we all of us set, set our targets on a three-year or a five-year plan to see what could we do next and it was that planning process really that I think really developed um, Knock Griffin Park and we never let up. We always looked at the, all the options available to us to try and, I suppose, um, look for money, look for grants, look for support. And it worked. And all along the way, we were able to make improvements. But we had fantastic support. The the community in Middleton, uh, our fundraising, our draws, they were, all, they were all really supported by everyone. And it's a credit to everyone in the community that we were able to continue to develop um, the facilities that we have today but more more importantly it's what's needed today more than ever 
and Knock Griffin Park is at a max capacity now at the moment and the club is after growing enormously and we'll have to keep um, coming up with more ideas how can we maximise Knock Griffin because our plans are we want to build a full size all weather because we don't have enough training facilities and this will really solve that issue for us um, but playing pitches is, is another huge problem and for many years now we've been looking for to acquire extra land which is difficult to get but it's 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 our aim it's what we need to do if we're going to look to the future to keep further development in the club On that playing pitch there's been some wonderful matches some great success stories what are the ones that stand out for you we've had FAI Cup wins of course international teams involved there what stands out for you? I suppose the big one that everyone remembers is the FAI Cup against Bray Wanderers Bray Wanderers were cup, cup runners um, um, in 91 and uh, we drew them at home and they brought the cup down the day before and there was a fantastic buzz in the town and, and we were after a great run the previous year we'd after being Premier League champions so we, we, we were in pretty good condition and uh, and we were up for the challenge and and we surprised everyone um, by winning on that day and in front of three and a half thousand people we've never seen it before um, so the that really stands out. That, that was really exciting. There's been many other ones in, in winning our first senior King Cup trophy against Ramar Letting in the penalty shootout. Um, and that was in 1990. And yeah, they're two probably strong ones. But I'm sure a lot of the, the younger, the junior players and, and the schoolboy players would probably have great memories of, of other successes they had in winning league titles on that last day of the year. So, Knock Griffin has brought an awful lot of excitement uh, to international teams visiting us, um, League of Ireland clubs coming down to use our facilities. Um, we've had a lot of fantastic summer camps um, that's used by the FAI, and uh, and Barcelona a camp is coming this this year. So, um, so it's it's used quite a lot because the facilities now encourage people to come in and and book the facilities, book it for book it for courses. Um, many courses that come under CCAD is operation um, for looking after people developing um, themselves cope use it quite a lot um, it lends itself the facility lends itself because it has the space and it's there five days of the week when there's no football on it um, so it's it, it's it's a great community a facility that's beginning to be used quite a lot by so many people Pat just want to tell you briefly and your role evolved, obviously, to so many different jobs during the course of the past 50 years. One of them was Club PRO, which you were very, very industrious at. It became a huge job with the development of so many different teams. Yeah. Well, uh, I always kept the club in front of people. I thought the, like, the PRO job was vital to make sure everyone knew what's happening. And no matter what we done, like people know, knew what we were going to do because we advertised it, we wrote about it. But... Um, as Mick said here, not Griffin, to my mind, it's a monument that I had a hard work over all the years. My first years, like, it was different altogether, like, it was hard to keep the team on the road, like, we depended on church air collections, flag days, raffles, anything, but they were all vital that time, they kept us going, but they wouldn't do it all now today, because the cost of the club today is mighty, like, but there's great credit to all the committees, and the support of the people of Milton and Cork over the past years, like the 50 years. And I would have to praise the council as well. They gave us pitches. We, like, we started off with only jazz and the ball. You've got to remember, we'd nothing really like. 
We played in Rosary Place, we played in Forest Hill, we played in the Marfield, we played in Rowan's Lodge. <laughs> Every time we got a pitch, we were moving, but still, they were great old days, and I'm grateful to the council, all the council members at that time, they helped us create.